Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Father Jeff Kirby. He is a doctor of sacred theology, a papal missionary of mercy. He's also a pastor of Our Lady of Grace Parish in Indian Land, South Carolina. Father is also an adjunct professor of theology at Belmont Abbey College, senior contributor at the Crux News site, and the author of several books, including one we talked about probably a month or two ago called The Journey to Mount Carmel, and a new one coming out from our Sunday visitor called Understanding the Bible. Father, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Deacon. It's good to be on the show. As we were talking about before you came on, uh, you're quite busy with the books, but you said it really flows out of your out of your ministry as a parish priest, right? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, so oftentimes people reached out and, and you know, they said, you know, you know, Father, we, we have started to read the Bible or, or, or we want to start taking our discipleship a little more seriously and, and we don't know what to, what to do. We don't know where to go. And, and thanks be to God, in general right now, we are living in a golden age of Catholic biblical studies. There are so many great programs, so many great books out there. But one thing I noticed that, that was maybe not as present in terms of what's available is a real kind of breakdown of each book. You know, so based on that need, you know, that, that I could kind of look at and people were asking about, I decided to draft this book. And, and, and this book has 73 chapters. Each chapter is based on a respective book of the Bible. So 73 books in the Bible, 73 chapters. Each chapter follows the exact same outline, main theme, overview, outline of the chapter, principal words, uh, basic stats about the book and the author, and then an application, some part of the book that can apply to our life today. So, so as you mentioned, Deacon, it, it, the book is, is born from pastoral experience. I'm a parish priest. I'm in the trenches, walking with people, walking with families. And people were just saying, we want to know more about the Bible. We want to go deeper. So I was like, okay, so, so here, here's this book, Understanding the Bible. Well, you know, you go through it, and it is—it's—it's it's easy to understand. It does kind of give you uh, a focus on each chapter of the Bible, and it seems you know a lot of people are doing the Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz, which is great. I mean, I've done it, um, but to have something tangible in front of you—I mean, to hear it and you go through a whole year—that's great. But this book is actually in front of you, and it, and it really lends itself to spending a lot more time in each book of the Bible because of the way you lo- uh, laid it out. And, and it kind of helps orient our minds to what we should be focused on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me, let me just give, give an example. So we can hear uh, the prophet Obadiah being read. I say, okay, great. Right. Now, first of all, mo- most of us are probably like Obadiah. I-, I didn't even know that was a book of the Bible. <laughs> you know? And uh, so we can hear it read, but, but then you can open up, a book like Understanding the Bible, and, and dive a little bit more into this particular book. And let me give you an example that we can look at the chapter in Understanding the Bible on the prophet Obadiah, and we realize, oh, okay, he's one of the minor prophets. Uh, it's the shortest book in the Old Testament, it's only about a page or so long. And we look at the application, and the prophet Obadiah was sent to the Edomites, who were brothers to the Israelites. And when the Babylonians attacked, the Edomites did not defend their brother. They didn't ally with the Israelites. So God sends the prophet to tell the Edomites, uh, look, you didn't support your brother, and so there's going to be discipline for that because 
brother is support, supposed to support brother, family is to help family. Now, Deacon, that's a lesson we need to hear, to hear today, right? First of all, we look at the world today, family life is under attack. And some families, honestly, they put the fun in dysfunction, right? And, uh, and we have to be reminded by divine wisdom of our call to support family. So there's a powerful lesson from the shortest book of the Old Testament and a book that we can hear read and, and almost pass over almost too quickly. But by finding a resource book, such as Understanding the Bible, it allows us, as you were saying, Deacon, to go deeper and to focus more on what does this particular book mean? What does it mean in my life? How can this divine wisdom help me? Well, and I think, you know, sometimes people look at the Bible and they think, oh, my gosh, look how thick it is. Look at all the stuff I have to read. But, you know, when you when you really realize it's a love story and the greatest love story ever written about God loving us, it should attract us to it and, and want to really dive in and spend time and kind of let the words marinate in our minds. Absolutely. And, and, and oftentimes tell people, you know, the Bible is intimidating and overwhelming until we know it. And, and once we understand it, and sometimes that's just learning basic things. For example, that the, the Bible is actually a library. So it, it's not one complete text as we might have like with a novel, that it's actually a Bible of 70, a library of 73 books. Once we learn just a few basic things, suddenly it becomes very approachable, very comfortable. And then we start reading it, we realize, wait a minute, this is actually really helping me. God's speaking to me. I know of his presence. I, I feel more loved. I feel more strengthened. I, I, I can do now what he's calling me to do. So I think once we take those first initial steps, we might ourselves be surprised at suddenly how easy the Bible is to read and surprised perhaps by how much it can really help us in our lives today. And it's not magic, right? We have to spend the time really understanding how, how the Old Testament fits with the New Testament, kind of how is God speaking to me through this? And, you know, one of the things we, we hear scripture every time we go to mass, and I try to encourage people, read the readings before you go to mass. When you go to mass, shouldn't be the first time you've read the readings, because the more you hear it, the more it speaks to you, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. It's, it, it's a living word. Uh, as you mentioned, a, a, a love story. It's, uh, the scriptures are, are, we can say, a, a, a love letter that is constantly alive, constantly moving, has the ability to give us grace, to transform us, to change us. And the more we encounter that, especially as you're mentioning, like we take the time to prepare, just when we hear the, the sacred scriptures at Mass, the more God's able to bless us, the more we're able to receive. So in the book, I try to give as many practical applications or ways of just implementing the Bible in terms of everyday life. Let me give you one example, uh, the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. Uh, the book of Proverbs has 31 chapters, and there's 31 days in a full month. So I suggest, well, why don't you just read the proverb of the day? So whatever day of the month it is, read that proverb. Now, you can read that proverb in three, five, six minutes or so, and that's one way to introduce divine wisdom. So small ways of reading the Bible in terms of also, as we're talking about approaching the scripture readings at Mass, understanding how those interact and, and what we can draw from them. These are just small, easy ways in which we allow God's Word to be a part of our lives, in which we can pause and listen to what he's trying to teach us and we can learn from him. And, and we look at the world that's so busy. There's so many things going on. There's so many things that want to break us or hurt us or scare us. 
And God wants to give us words of consolation, strength, and power. So I say, sign me up. (laughs) And and, and I think that all believers should definitely draw close to the sacred scriptures because God's still speaking to us. We just have to open our ears and do that little bit of prep so that we can hear him when he's speaking. Well, we know, you know, the the phrase ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ by St. Jerome. It, It reminds us that you know, if we want to know somebody, if anybody thought about their spouse and their spouse had written a diary about their innermost thoughts, you know, that other, you know, that other spouse would want to read that to get to know them in a deeper way. I mean, this is no different. The more time we spend on scripture, the more we know God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and we see how he teaches us, how he loves us. We can even ourselves have our, our understanding of freedom or love or service refined and deepened by understanding how God loves us, how he serves us, and so on. So the more we draw close to the scriptures, uh, the more God is just refining and adjusting, improving, purifying, and lifting us up. So I, I think that every Christian and those who are just seeking to find answers about life uh, should definitely draw close to the sacred scriptures. Well, and as we understand sacred scripture, right, we we understand that it, it throughout scriptures they use different literary devices, right? We have uh, you know brothers and sisters in Christ who believe sola scriptura. If it's not in the Bible, it never you know it doesn't happen or it's not true. Or they read everything in the Bible except for John six, right? Literally, and so this helps us to understand the Bible in the way it's meant to be read. Absolutely. And in my book, Understanding the Bible, I try to give like even buzzwords or key words from certain parts of the Bible in order to clarify any misunderstanding. So, for example, you know, in John's gospel, real presence or in Paul's letters for first, you know, first Corinthians, uh, unworthy manner and so on in terms of the reception of Holy Communion. So I try to use the key words and other parts of each chapter to kind, of like, to kind of highlight aspects of our faith that are particularly important or that were stressed in that book or that part of sacred scripture. Well, and I think we also need to realize that the scriptures is like a tapestry, right? We see so many politicians, and I think there was a congresswoman from Michigan just the other day who somehow, and I don't even remember where she, what part of the Bible it was, where she interpreted that scripture defended abortion. You see so many people take quotes and things out of the Bible out of context, and this makes us help or helps us to understand this is all a woven tapestry in terms of it all flows together. You can't take little parts out that defend the mistruth that you're trying to portray. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and that's where we can say, you know, while the, the, the Bible is a library, it's, it's not one complete text like a novel, uh, we can say that the Bible does have one author. And, and that one author is perfect. And so, however, he might share his message in different genres and different time periods and different manners of speech. Nevertheless, at the end of the day, his voice is consistent. There's one author, he's perfect. And when he speaks about the dignity of human life, we have to understand and put all the other scriptures in light of the united whole in terms of what is God teaching us. And by understanding the scriptures, by studying them, that becomes clear to us. We can 
identify when someone begins to speak or, or to draw a passage of scripture out of context. I mean, let's never forget that in the Lord's temptations, the devil did the same thing. <laughs> the devil, the devil was trying yep. to use scripture to get the Lord to betray the will of the Father. So we shouldn't be caught off guard. It, it, it is nefarious whenever it's done by whomever it's done. But uh, but the more we study sacred scripture, the more we can recognize when people are using the scriptures out of context or using them in ways uh, that are not consistent with, with God, what God is teaching us. Well, and the other important thing as you go through this, right? So how many people just say, well, I just, I'm a New Testament Catholic. I don't like the Old Testament. I don't understand it. Mean God versus good God. You know, it's a total misunderstanding. And I think as you go through your book, as you lay it out, right, it, you see how the Old Testament flows into the New Testament. New Testament doesn't make sense without the Old Testament. Exactly. Amen. It's like early fathers taught us that, you know, the, the Old Testament is made manifest in the New, but the New Testament is hidden in the Old. And so if we're going to really understand the New Testament, really understand the Lord Jesus, we have to know the Old Testament. So I like to, to teach my parishioners, there's one God, one plan of salvation, there's two testaments in order for us to see the dynamics of the revelation of God and how God teaches us, and in particular, how he prepared us for the coming of the Messiah. So whenever I hear people say, oh, I like the New Testament better than the Old Testament, or I don't like that Old Testament God, I cringe. I'm thinking, this is not how Christians speak. And, and the more we study the scriptures, we can understand why we don't talk in that well, and I think the other thing, and you mentioned, right, the world in which we lived in is basically we're living the screw tape letters and right is wrong and wrong is right. And to really understand truth, to really understand who God is and why he came and how much he loves us, we have to be rooted in the scriptures. Otherwise, we're going to get caught up in this moral relativism that's out there and start buying anything somebody's selling. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, from, from the scriptures, we receive a, a theological worldview where we can begin to understand things in, in light of God's goodness and truth. We can begin to understand right from wrong. We begin to understand the power of prayer. We understand the workings of grace and the ability for people to change. Like there are fundamental lessons to human life that the scriptures give, give us. And, and if we abandon all that, well, then we just set up a stage for a really tragic return to barbarism because it's only the grace of God that allows us to live as God's children. It's the grace of God that allows us to have, you know, what we call civilization. And, and if we start chipping that away and we start abandoning the resources and the means by which we receive grace or, or the way in which God teaches us, then we're going to start having wayward thoughts, selfish thoughts and selfish thoughts. When they go unchecked, become violent thoughts. And, and I just think that, you know, for our good, obviously in terms of eternity, but also our good here in this life, we have to draw close to the sacred scriptures. And I think there's a responsibility on leadership in the church to provide ways in which the faithful can read the sacred scriptures. So I look now, Deacon, and I see the massive resources for Catholic scripture study. As I said, we live in the golden age of Catholic biblical studies. And when people say, well, I don't know what to do or where to go, that, that's understandable, especially if they're just starting. But if someone's involved in the faith or, or active in the church and, and they say they don't know where to go or there's nothing out there, 
I, I want to tell them, open your eyes, <laughs> because uh, yeah. this is great. In, in many respects, everything the Vatican II called for, we see now coming to fruition in terms of a deeper love for the Scripture, the study of the Word of God, that all the faithful, that the baptized, the lay faithful, will be studying the sacred Scriptures. And this is something called for by Vatican II, and I think the Holy Spirit is definitely bringing that to fruition in the church today. I've just written one small book, and it's a part of an overall movement, which I'm grateful for, that really there's this push to really get the Bible in the hands of all the baptized. Well, the other thing, you know, going through this book and looking at it, it's perfect for, you know, family prayer time or family activities with the kids. I mean, it's, it's easy to understand. And you know, one of the things, if I think if people really spent time reading scripture with their kids and let everybody in the family read it, the Lord is going to speak to everyone slightly differently. It's amazing to hear how people can read different parts of the Bible and, and the Lord speaks to them in a particular way. And this book really lends itself to something that parents can do with their kids so that both parent and kids grow in their love for scripture. Absolutely. You know, our, our spiritual tradition has always taught that there's there's one interpretation of the scriptures. So this is what we're speaking about in terms of the importance of sacred tradition and, and the magisterium, the, the teaching authority of the church. There's one interpretation of the scriptures, but there are countless and countless applications of the scripture. So as you mentioned, one family of eight people, the Holy Spirit could give eight different applications of the same word, the same word of God that, that's read and studied to each member of the family. And there we see just the power of the Holy Spirit and how, while we are united as one people in the covenant of Jesus Christ, nevertheless, God deals with us also in a very personal way. And he has a very personal application or message to each one of us, depending on where we are, what we're doing, what's, what we're suffering through, or, or, or the triumphs that we have, and so on, that the Holy Spirit is going to speak and work with us. And, and the scriptures are a part of that. And, and that's why I, I think when... When Christians say, I don't read the Bible, or, or oh, you know, I'm, I'm so busy, and so on. Uh, first, I'd like to remind them, well, first of all, um, this really isn't an option. This isn't like an extra, right? Um, throughout our Lord's ministry, he would regularly say, have you not read? How do you understand this? And so on. He is relying and, and, and expects that his disciples know the sacred scriptures. And so we can say that this is one of the demands of discipleship. That this isn't an option. In fact, I go so far as to say, if you're not studying the sacred scriptures in a regular way, in a consistent manner, then you're committing a sin of omission. Because the Lord is clear that as his disciples, he expects that we know the scriptures. The church is clear. I mean, the, the whole first part of the catechism is just emphasizing in different ways the importance, utter importance, of the baptized studying and, 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 and reading and praying the sacred scriptures. So I always want to stress to, to Christians that, you know, it's good to have this conversion of heart. It's, it's good to feel called to the sacred scriptures, but, you know, maybe using a language some people are surprised by, but I would say it is a duty of discipleship. You know, there are times that we don't feel like it, <laughs> but right. when we're called to the sacred scriptures. And I'll tell you, Deacon, oftentimes when I don't want to read the scriptures and I die to myself and I do what we're, I'm called to do as a disciple, that's usually when the Holy Spirit has a really powerful message for me, a message I'm surprised by. So 
I want to just encourage people to, to draw close to the scriptures and, and, and don't let them be intimidating. The Bible should not be intimidating for a child of God. It's God, our Father, speaking to us. Well, it can be very comforting, right? We live in a world of loneliness and isolation and, you know, people do stuff on social media, but maybe never even see people's faces. I mean, this is this can be very intimate as we read, you know, as I mentioned before, this is a love story, but it's God chasing us, not us chasing God. And so when we spend that time, it, it can alleviate some of that isolation, that loneliness that so many people feel like they're alone and nobody cares. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, we know from our, our spiritual tradition that, that God knows us better than we know ourselves. <laughs> and, and in the inner recesses of our hearts, he speaks to us. He is present to us. That, that we are not abandoned. We are not orphans. We are not stuck and, and forced to figure it out for ourselves. That we are the children of God. I, I love uh, Pope St. John Paul II would, would regularly teach that God in his innermost essence is not solitude, but God in his innermost essence is family. And that's the God in whose image we have been made. And that's the God that we encounter, that we approach, that we're listening to when we read the sacred scriptures. It's the divine family, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit inviting us into their fellowship. And they wanna teach us and guide us and help us to live according to our dignity as a child of God. So in so many different ways, thousands of different applications, the sacred scriptures are a great help to us because we don't have to figure it out. We don't have to stumble through this world in the darkness, that the word of God has been given to us and it's a lamp, a light unto our feet that we can follow this and know, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is right and wrong. This is what I'm called to live. Or this is how I'm called to react to this situation and so on. We are guided by the divine word. Well, and it's like anything else, right? You get out of it what you put into it. So if we're, if we want to grow in a relationship, if we want to become more, you know, more competitive in a sport, we put more time into it so that the fruits will blossom from that. And it's the same with scripture. And I think you even mentioned in the book, read, study, pray, and live the word of God, right? That all, those all involve actions that we decide that we are going to do. It's not going to happen by osmosis. Amen. Amen. Deacon, it's so funny because I was actually about to just say the exact thing that this isn't osmosis. It, it, it's not fairy dust. Uh, you know, uh, the Lord blessed <laughs> us with intellect and will, and, and He wants us to use them. And when we pick up the scriptures and we read, study, and pray, uh, then we open up our hearts, our minds to receive divine wisdom, to receive grace, to, to encounter God, the living God, the ancient of days, the Alpha, the Omega, our Creator, our Redeemer. We get to encounter Him and to know that He's with us. Well, and it's never too late until it's too late, right? If you're listening to this and you're 80 years old and you never picked up Scripture, well, do it today. It's Again, it's not too late until we're called, and then it's too late for us to do what we've been called to do, as you say, really an obligation on our part. If we want to have a relationship with God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, then we have to be reading scripture. Otherwise, we're just kind of fooling ourselves and, and we're just saying it, but don't really mean it. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, this is the, the hard part of the contemporary world because you know, so oftentimes we can live fragmented lives. People say things, they lie, they exaggerate. 
Uh, people say things and they don't do what they say they're going to do. Uh, but when we approach discipleship, uh, the Lord knows our hearts. And we're called to do what we say we're going to do. And we say, Lord, I, I follow you. Lord, you are my, my, my Savior. I, I follow you. I will be your disciple. That he then shows us his way. And his way involves the reading and the studying of sacred scripture. And so if we say we're going to do this, and we say that he's Lord and he's our Savior, then he's showing us the way how to do it. And, and that involves the study of sacred scripture. So we can't say, I'm going to follow you, but I'm not really going to read the Bible. I'm not really comfortable with that. It's like, well, we're going to have to get over that. <laughs> and there's some great resources to help us get over that so that we can understand how approachable the Bible really is. Well, you know, we talked about families, but it's also be great for couples, especially couples who maybe they don't have the relationship that they would like. This really gives them an opportunity to spend quality time together and put Christ at the center of that marriage that that he asks the place he wants to be most of all. Amen. Amen. In fact, I, I've seen pastorally marriages that have been struggling, that were on the rocks, healed and strengthened by the couple praying together and studying the sacred scriptures together. I love going into some Christian families, into Christian homes, and you see the Bible enthroned. You know, so you have a beautiful Bible, and maybe there's a candle or a flower by it, uh, and then sometimes there's an image of the sacred heart or some other image of our Lord. And, and I love that. I feel instantly comfortable because I know this house is under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This house is open to divine wisdom. So I think there are so many different things that a married couple can do and a Christian family can do to really welcome the Word of God into their homes and into their hearts. Well, and a Bible, you know, is nice, but it's not a museum piece. You know, to have tape on it because you've used it so often, uh, that's really what we want to see. And uh, it's, it's important that people understand this. And I think, you know, getting your book and looking at that, uh, understanding the Bible is is a great step in moving that direction. We're down to the last, you know, 30, 45 seconds. How can people get the book and follow what you're doing, Father? Yes, I encourage uh, for the book, please go to the publisher, uh, Our Sunday Visitor, or it's also available on the EWTN Religious Catalog, but also through any local Catholic bookstore. Uh, in terms of my broader work, they can go to my uh, website, frkirby.com. I'm also on Twitter at Father Kirby and my parish is on YouTube under Grace Lily Productions. So any of those ways that they'd like to, to follow along with some of the other projects I'm working on. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.